Amen. Thank him for his goodness in your life today. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you today, God. Jesus, we love you tonight, Lord. Jesus, there's nobody like you today, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings upon us in our life today, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Does anyone love the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Aren't you thankful today? Amen. That he won the victory for us. Amen. That he has done so much for us in our life. Amen. I don't know about you, but I can't repay everything that he's done for me. Amen. But I sure do owe him a lot today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Williams, Brother Derek Williams, for the opportunity, the privilege to minister in the service today. I want to give honor to your district youth committee, Brother Regan, that's here tonight. Amen. He's not here, but Brother Greeley, I want to thank all of them for the great job that they do leading our district youth. Amen. It's not an easy job, but it's a necessary job, and uh, it doesn't always get said how much work is done, but it is appreciated how much time and effort they invest into your lives. Amen. They have other things I'm sure that they could be doing tonight, but they have chosen to do three services in one night to help minister to as many people as they can throughout our district, and they want to be a blessing to the young people. We thank the Lord for that today. Amen. This message tonight, and this is a, a youth service, but I believe that this message tonight is applicable to each and every one of our lives. Everyone that is in this room, I believe that the Lord can speak to us tonight. Amen. And minister to our hearts. It doesn't matter if you're young or older. It doesn't matter if you're a new Christian or you've been living for the Lord and going to church all of your life. Amen. I believe that God wants to speak to our hearts today. And if we can allow the Lord to work on us and work in us, every one of us tonight can leave changed by the power of his spirit having been refreshed in the Holy Ghost, having God healed some things in our lives. Amen. Do you believe that that's possible today? Amen. I believe that God can do those things in our life. Amen. And touch us today. Amen. You could be seated tonight. <clears throat> How many of you like to read? Anyone here a reader? Let me just get set up here real quick. Can everyone see that? Let's do this. That's not going to work. So who likes to read? About half the people. I enjoy reading. I don't get a lot of time to, to read as much as, as I would like to, as often as I would like to. But I do have the opportunity to listen to audiobooks uh, on a daily basis at work. And uh, I really enjoy that. It makes my monotonous day of running a copy machine and cutting paper and shipping things. It makes it go by a little bit faster and a little bit more enjoyable. So I, I read a book last year, just a, a, about a month and a half or so ago, two months ago. And the book was about a college student that had a writing assignment that he had to fulfill for a journalism class that he was uh, taking in college. He decided that he wanted to go and he wanted to interview someone that was much older than him and someone that had 
a lot of life experience, some uh, wisdom to draw from, and he wanted just to hear about their life and some wisdom that they could pour into his life and different things like that. So he decided that the best place for him to find someone interesting to talk about was to go to a nursing home. So he drove a couple of towns over, and he goes into the nursing home, and he asks the secretary that's there if she could she, he explained what he was doing. I'm, I'm doing this writing assignment. I'm trying to find a really interesting story to write about for my journalism class. Obviously, he wanted to get a good grade, so he wanted the story to be really good. Do you have anyone in mind that you can refer me to that I can have this conversation with? And, and she gets her manager, and she tells her the whole story. And they both together, they agree on one specific person. And they say, this person has the most interesting story that we know about of all the people in this place. And they say, as a matter of fact, he is a convicted felon who is supposed to be serving life in prison. And the only reason he's here in our facility is because he's dying of cancer and they can't care for him in prison the way that he needs to be cared for. So what an opportunity to have this kind of a story fall into his lap, so to say. So he ends up getting connected with this man. He says, this is what I'm doing. I'd love to be able to interview you. I'd love to be able to learn about your life. I'd I'd love to be able to uh, tell your story. And and the gentleman listens to what he has to say. And then he, he looks at him and he says, I'll agree to do this with you on one condition. And he said that one condition is that you tell the truth no matter what it is. And so they, they both agreed that the journalism student, he would tell the truth and he would honor the man with that. And so with that agreement in place, the man begins to tell his story. And he begins to tell about his life and how he served his country in Vietnam and how he was a soldier and how he came back. And then he got into the troubling times of his life and he told him about the trial that he went on that he, he went through, and, and he told him about all the things that transpired in his life, and he talked about prison life. And as the man listened to his story over a period of time, and as he went to the courthouses and gathered all the records and began to dive into the court case itself and learn as much as he possibly can about this man's story, he began to see some discrepancies in what he was hearing and what he was reading. He was having a hard time believing how a man who grew up in a traditional home and how a man who served his country honorably and did some pretty uh, amazing things in his service time, he was having a hard time believing how a man like that could be committed of such heinous crimes that he was now serving life in prison for with no possibility of parole. There was no way he was ever getting out. The only reason he's out is because he's dying. So as he's researching and as he's talking and as he's writing this article... He begins to ask the man, your story just isn't lining up. It's not matching up to what I'm saying. I can't picture you doing the things that you're accused of. And it turns out, to make a long story short, I know it probably is already too long, but it turns out that the man never told anyone an important piece of his story that would have proven his innocence. You see, he kept it to himself. He 
kept it away from his lawyers. He didn't tell his lawyers. He kept it from the prosecution. He didn't tell them. He kept it from the judge, and he kept it from the jury. He never spoke a word of what would prove in his innocence. And the reason he did that was because he was embarrassed by a secret that he had in his life. He was so embarrassed by this secret that he wasn't willing to share it with anyone to prove his innocence. Now, he was sure when that trial was going on, he was sure that certainly I can't be convicted of something I've never done. Certainly they're going to see that I didn't do it and I'm going to be proven innocent and I'm going to walk away from this and I'll be able to protect the secret that I have so deep inside of me that I don't want anyone else to know about. But by the time the verdict was passed, he realized that no one would believe him now if he decided to share the secret that he had that could set him free. And this man, he had been in prison for over 30 years for a crime he had not committed, a crime that he was innocent of, all because he wanted to bury a part of his life that he was embarrassed of. And because he chose to hide, or to put it another way, he chose to bury the very thing that could set him free, the course of his life was drastically altered, and his freedom was taken away. I don't tell that story tonight to be the center of this message, but I just wanted to lay the groundwork to show you that there are consequences to our lives when we bury things inside of us. The title of that book is the title of this message tonight, The Life We Bury. There are many stories or many accounts, many things that are written in the Bible that we could read from tonight that illustrate what happened to people who either literally or figuratively buried things that they were trying to keep hidden or secret. We could talk about David and how he fell into sin with Bathsheba. And we, if you are familiar with the Bible and you know anything about uh, the church and you know anything, you've been coming to church for a while, I know that you've heard the story, but David sinned with a married woman named Bathsheba and she got pregnant and he called for her, her husband and uh, he ended up having him put to death. He had this man murdered, this husband murdered to, to bury or to cover up the sin that was in his life. And later it was exposed and he repented of that and thanked the Lord for his grace that came down and forgave David and wonderful things that David did in his life after he was forgiven. We could talk about that today. We could look to Matthew chapter number 25 where Jesus told a parable about how a man was going on a journey and he calls three servants into him and he says, I'm going to give you servants this and I'm going to give you other servant this and I'm to the last servant, I'm going to give you one talent. And we, we see how the first one was given 10 and he goes and he multiplies that and he ends up with 20 and he gives it back to his master. And the second uh, servant was given five talents and he multiplies that and he gives 10 back to his master. But the one man, he took his one talent. He was afraid of his master. So what did he do? He goes and buries it. And it's a type and shadow of what it's going to be like when we have to stand before the Lord in judgment in that day where if we do what we're supposed to do with what God gives to us, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if we don't do what we're supposed to do with what God has given to us, we're going to be cast into hell. Amen. So we could talk about a lot of different things from the Bible that talk about how people buried some things in their, in their life. But I'd like to tell you about a man that disobeyed the Lord's command and suffered some terrible consequences from it. It's found in Joshua chapter number 6. 
Joshua, or Joshua number seven. But Joshua number, chapter number six talks about the account of when the Israelites went to battle in Jericho. Anyone remember that story? Many you remember the old Sunday school story, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Amen. So we know the story. They, they went and the, the Lord told them that you should walk around this giant walls, the giant walled city. You're to walk around this city one time for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're to walk around this city seven times. And when you get there on the seventh time, you're to offer up a great shout of praise unto God. And we know when they did that, the Bible says that the walls didn't just crumble. The walls didn't just fall over. The Bible says that the walls fell flat. They literally went down into the ground and it was flat. And the Israelites walked into that city, a city that they were greatly outnumbered by that the army was far superior to them. They ran into that city and they won a victory. They slaughtered everyone there like the Lord told them to do without suffering a single casualty. What a great miracle that God did on that day in the battle of Jericho. Amen. I'm sure you didn't come tonight to hear all these Bible stories, young people, but stay with me for a few minutes. So after the walls of Jericho fell flat, after that victory was won, you see, before that victory was won, the Lord told the leaders, the Lord told Joshua, He says, you need to go around and tell all your soldiers that whatever they find in there, they are to utterly destroy. But everything that is of value, like gold and silver and bronze and iron and all these things that have values in them, you're to collect all those things. You're not to keep anything for yourself, but you're to bring them to my storehouse so that my house can be blessed and so that there can be stuff for the Lord to be able to use to flourish the nation of Israel. So they win this great battle, and everyone obeys the commandments of the Lord except for one man, a man named Achan. The Bible says that Achan uh, saw something that he desired. Joshua chapter number 7 and verses 20 and 21 says that he saw what he desired, and they questioned him about it. And he, they asked him, did you steal this? Did you take this? Did you do something against the will of the Lord? And this is Achan's words. He says, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent. What did he do with them? He dug a hole in the ground underneath his tent and he buried them and he hid them. They're buried underneath my tent with the silver buried deeper beneath the rest. You see, he knew that it was forbidden for him to take anything, but he still took what he wanted. He still did what he wanted to do. He went back to his camp and he buried it, hoping that no one would ever find out. But judgment was passed upon him. He and his whole family were put to death for disobeying the commandment that the Lord gave. I say all that to say this to you today, young people. That there are consequences when we bury things in our life. When we keep things away from God that we know that he doesn't want us to have in our life, there will be consequences for us to have to deal with at some time in our life. We may not be put to death like Achan and his whole family, but there will be consequences at some point in our life when we bury things and don't allow God to take everything from us so that he can work in our life the way that he wants to work. All right. That's my introduction. You guys ready? You ready for the meat of the message today? 
I'm not a very long preacher, so just a few more minutes and we'll be, we'll be wrapping up and I believe that God's gonna touch us today. But many times when we are dealing with our emotions, we try to bury them so that no one will know what we are feeling or what we are going through. Many times we bury our desires and I have this shovel here tonight and every once in a while I'm gonna pick up some dirt and try not to make a mess. I should have, but we take a shovel full and this barrel is our life and we bury our desires. And then before long, you know what? We're gonna take another shovel full and I don't really like what my thoughts are saying. I'm gonna bury those thoughts and I'll save them for another day and I'll deal with them some other time. And we bury the sinful things that we are dealing with in our life. And we bury the addictions that we have inside of our lives. And we bury anything that we are embarrassed by and want to keep hidden from other people. Many times when our desire and our lifestyle does not line up with his calling, we bury what we are really feeling, thinking, and doing and put up a facade that everything in our life is okay and everything is aligned with the will of God. We want everyone else around us not to understand, not to know that there's something that we're struggling with. We want everyone around us to think that we're living the life that God wants us to live. So we put up that facade, we put our mask on, and we make everyone think that everything's all right in our life. But I'm here to preach to us tonight that this is a dangerous way for us to live because eventually it's going to catch up with you. I read about a man whom the author called Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith was a Sunday school teacher. He was well thought of. He was respected in his community and in his church. But in the hidden part of his life, Mr. Smith was an abuser at home. He was an alcoholic. He was an addict. He had learned to manage his sin and put up a righteous facade. He told himself that at all costs, his sin and his shame must be kept hidden inside of him. So he hid all of his issues instead of exposing them. He buried them instead of getting rid of them. That is until one day he was caught and then everything came crashing down around him. The image that he had built and crafted and tried so hard to maintain and portray to other people was all just a fake. And when it all crumbled, he lost everything that he had. He lost all respectability. He lost all dignity. How many people do we have in our churches every service who are like this Mr. Smith, continuing to bury their issues, to continue to bury their problems, to bury their sins in hopes that no one will find out, in hopes that they can maintain the image that they have worked so hard to craft so that people will continue to think highly of them? How many people in our services every week have buried in their lives or have things buried in their lives that they have worked harder to keep a secret than they do spending time in prayer asking God to forgive them and asking God to take the things away. You know, we can do that quite easily. We can work harder at keeping it a secret than we do saying, God, will you please forgive me? I want you to know that it's harder to keep that secret than it is for God to forgive you. If you're dealing with something in your life, God can forgive you in an instant, but it takes a lifetime to cover up a sin. How many of you here tonight, knowing that you have been burying parts of your life, hoping beyond hope that no one will ever know, that no one will ever find out? How many of you here tonight are struggling with something like that in your life? 
I don't know each of you. I don't know what each of you are going through, I should say. I don't know your specific struggles in your life. I don't know all the specifics about what you deal with on a day-to-day basis. But what I do know is that everyone here in this place today, everyone in our lives, we all deal with some kind of struggle. We all deal with things. We all have things that bother us. And believe it or not, we all have things that we try to keep hidden from other people. I'm not only talking about sinful things tonight, although that's a major concern in our humanity. But for us adults, stress and pressure and financial struggles and fears about the future and problems on our job and the ability to provide well for our family and many other things like these are the things that we many times hide from our spouses and our kids. We don't want them to see how we struggle. We don't want them to see how we are stressed out. We try to keep those things from them. We don't always do a good job, do we, adults? But we try. Did you know that pastors and ministers often hide things from the people that they lead? They don't want you to know when they're stressed out. They don't want you to know when, when they don't have the answers to the problems that you're facing in your life. They don't want you to know that, that they're feeling a void in their spiritual life, that there's, there's, they're in a, in a dry season trying to, to preach or trying to minister. They don't want you to know those things, so they bury them. And they put a smile on their face and they act like everything's okay. And they continue to preach the word. And eventually it all comes back. The Apostle Paul said in his, in his writings, he says, when I want to do right, I don't do it. He also said another time, he says, I die daily. Man, if the Apostle Paul struggled with his flesh, and he's a great man of God, one of the greatest preachers that there's ever been. So if the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest preachers there's ever been, has struggled with his flesh, don't you think we're going to struggle? If he had to die daily to his flesh, don't you think we ought to pray every day that God would help us to be close to him? Did you know that even Jesus struggled with his, with his flesh? Jesus was in the garden praying before his crucifixion. What was he doing? He was struggling. Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to go through the gruesome death that he went through, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be. If Jesus, the spotless one, the one that was without sin, had to struggle with his flesh, don't you think that we're going to struggle? Every single person in this room today, excluding none, have struggles in our lives, have things that we deal with, have things that we need to give over to God and allow God to help us with in our life. This is why I can say to us tonight with confidence that everyone in this room today have things that we are struggling with right now. But this being a service that is geared towards the young people, let me target the next few minutes of this message towards them. I want you to know this tonight, young people. Embarrassment and shame they often cause us to live a life that is opposite of how God wants us to live. Embarrassment and shame will cause many people to try to hide the things that they regret in their life. Why do they hide them? Because they're embarrassed by them. Does anyone here like to be embarrassed? Please raise your hand if you like to be embarrassed. Because that's probably embarrassing, isn't it? To have to raise your hand in front of all these people. I don't think there's one person in this place tonight that likes to be embarrassed. 
So when we feel embarrassed about something, we have a natural tendency not to tell anyone about it because we don't want to feel more embarrassed by what we're already embarrassed by. I'm here to tell you tonight, young people, you don't have to live that way. Amen. Fear and shame want to, want to attack us and keep us silent when we have things in our life that don't belong there. But God wants to get us to get rid of those things and give them over to him so that we can find freedom and forgiveness for the things that are going on in our life. It may not be easy to go and admit something to somebody because you're embarrassed by it. But the sooner you get rid of it, the sooner that embarrassment will go away from your life. God wants to fix some of these problems in our life today. People have a tendency, especially in your teenage years, to bury your per- perceived flaws. You know, this, this friend, man, they, I already made a mess up here. Sorry, Pastor. I'll clean it up. My friend, they told me they don't like how I laugh. I have a weird laugh. You know, I'm not going to, I'm going to bury that laugh. I'm not going to. I'm not going to laugh in front of them anymore. This other friend here, they, they always have something to say about how I dress. So I know that this is what I like, but maybe I shouldn't dress modestly anymore. I'll just bury that. Maybe when I'm an adult, I'll pick it back up and I'll live how I'm supposed to live because I don't, I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm just going to bury that inside of me somewhere. Now, this other friend over here, they told me yesterday that they really don't like my other friend. And the one that doesn't like the other friend is more popular. I really like the other friend that's not liked very much. But because the other one is more popular, I'm going to get rid of that friendship and bury it. Because I want to be with a popular person. Or what if a friend comes and, and says, you know what? I really don't like your opinion about this. I think your opinion's wrong and my opinion's right. We have a lot of that in this day, don't we? Your opinion's wrong and my, you know what? I want them to be my friend so bad. I'm just going to stop giving my opinion. I'm going to stop saying what I feel. And I'm going to bury that. Or maybe... Maybe you grab their, your shovel of your life and you say, I'm not good enough for this group. I don't really fit in with them. I, I, I don't sing as good as that other person, so I'm just going to stop singing. I'm, I'm not as talented as, as my other friends, so I'm just going to stop even trying to compete with them. And I'm not as good as this other person because I, I'm just no good and I can't do anything right like they can do. And they're so talented in everything that they do, so I'm just not going to try anymore. I don't, I don't have as many friends as this one has, so I'm just not going to be friendly to anybody anymore. I'm, I'm not as cool as this friend, so uh, I'll just do what they expect me to do to be cool, and I'll, I'll just try to be who who they want me to be. And I'm going to bury everything about myself, all the perceived flaws that everyone else has pointed out to me. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I feel like I'm talking to someone in this place today. For too long, you have tried to appease everyone else in your life. You've tried to, to, to be what other people would like you to be like. You've tried to change yourself to be the person that you think that they'll be happy with. You try to be the person that, that, that this friend wants you to be, and then you, you're someone else with the other friend, and you, you're someone else with this other friend, and you, you're getting all confused by what you're supposed to act like each person that you hang out with. 
All the while, you push the true, your true self further and further down into that hole, and you put more and more on top of yourself, just trying to get to be what everyone else wants you to be. And we bury, and we bury, and we bury who we really are and who we really, what we really like, what we really like to do trying to make ourselves into the perfect person in the eyes of those that judge us. But really, we are no longer ourselves any longer. We've buried the real me. God wants someone to know tonight that you do not have to live this way. He created you to be you, and he loves you He created you to be you. And Jesus loves you just the way that you are. He doesn't want you to bury who you are today. He wants to lift you up from all of those struggles in your life. And he wants you to love yourself for who you are. God wants to help fix some of our problems in this house tonight. I believe that his power is here to deliver and to restore us today. He wants us to know that we don't have to continue to bury things in our life, but we can release them to him and allow him to heal us in our life today. Do you still believe that the Lord is a healer today? Not just a physical healer where God takes sicknesses away or God heals broken bones or God does different things in our life, but God is a healer of our emotions today. God is a healer of everything that is going on in our life today. Amen. I want to let you know today, tonight, that you do not have to bury the regrets that you have in your life. You can give them over to Jesus, and he can come down and touch your heart and minister to those things in your life today. You don't have to bury the addictions that you're struggling with today. Whatever you walked into this house with tonight, the Lord can deliver you in an instant today. Day and he can set you free. You don't have to deal with the sin that you brought into this place with you today, but God can release you from those things and God can set you free. His blood will come down and he will forgive you and wash away your sin tonight. I believe that God is here to do that for you today. Amen. You don't have to worry about the pain of abuse anymore for God can come down and heal you of the things that are afflicting you in your life. You might be feeling the pain of abandonment and loss, but God can heal you of those things in your life today. Amen. Someone may have let you down in your life, but I want to let you know that Jesus is never going to let you down. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's always going to be there for us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. Amen. He will always take care of us. God wants to help someone with your suicidal thoughts today. Thoughts about taking your own life. Thoughts about that you're not worthy of even having a life anymore. Jesus wants to heal you of that tonight. God doesn't want you going around hiding the relationships that some of you may have been involved in that you know are not right. He wants to heal you of some of those relationships tonight. We have the ability to hide all of these things from other people hoping that no one will ever find out about them. But I want to let us know that we should not think that way. Keeping them hidden and buried will only lead us to pain, to suffering, and to shame. We need to dig everything up that is keeping us from being close to God today. We need to give it all over to him and allow the Lord to come down and minister to the needs that are deep inside of our heart today. I know what I'm telling you to do tonight, 
what I'm encouraging you with tonight. It may not be easy. It's never easy for us to admit to God that we have a problem. But I want to let you know that God already knows. He already knows what your problem is. You're not going to catch him off guard. He's not going to be embarrassed by it. He already knows. Trust me. It's also not easy for us to go and tell our parents or a youth leader or a pastor or a trusted friend with things that we might be struggling with in our lives. But trust me, it will be worth it to get the help that you need. It was not easy for me to sit in one of these chairs 17, when I was 17 years old and tell my dad and my pastor some of the things that I was struggling with in my life. It was actually probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, Dad. Sitting there and crying and telling him, Dad, I need your help because I'm lost. You know, I came to church. I was there every week. I lived in his home. I had to go. It's kind of a rule when you live with a pastor. I came to church every week. I even came to the altar every week. I even closed my eyes and lifted my hands and pr prayed every week. But I was just faking it for years. I wanted nothing to do with God. I was only putting on a show until one night there was something inside of me that says I can't keep bearing this inside of my life there was such a burden inside of my heart that day. I was so, so tired. Not physically tired. I was 17 years old. I had energy. I wish I had the energy now. I was so, so tired in my spirit. I was so tired in my emotions, working so hard to keep the secret from everyone that I didn't want them to know about. But I want to let you know that that hardest conversation that I ever had saved my soul from destruction. It saved my soul from an eternal hell. I don't tell the story often. Maybe some of you have heard it, but God showed me a few years after that, I was walking into a store and this young man was walking out about the same age as, a little bit, I should say, a little bit older than me. This, this guy had piercings all over and tattoos, all, I mean, every, just about every inch of his skin that I could see, tattoos all over, piercings all over. As I passed this young man, just a few years older than me, the Lord spoke to me in a way that was so clear. I had never heard the Lord speak to me like that before. And he said, if you had continued down the path that you were going, that's what you would look like. So I can stand before you today and say, it was worth it to get everything out of my life. It was worth it to dig up the things in my life that were destroying me. I was headed down a path that was going to lead to my spiritual destruction. It was going to lead me straight to hell. But I thank the Lord for his grace and mercy today. You know, when I was a teenager, I never told anyone that I was depressed and having suicidal thoughts. I just buried it. And you know what it did? It almost cost me my life. I never told anyone that I was tempted to drink alcohol when I was a teenager. I never told anyone that I hated myself, and most of the time I didn't want to go to church. But I wish I had. I wish I had done those things differently in my life. I'd have a lot less regrets today. But instead of seeking help, I chose to keep burying and burying, and burying, 
until there was such a weight upon my life that I felt like I couldn't crawl out of it any longer. I felt like I was buried so deep that I couldn't even force one hand out from underneath all that dirt I had piled up upon my life just to reach out and ask God to help me or ask someone else to help me to pull me up. I want to encourage you tonight, young people. You don't have to live your life like that today. I'm reaching for someone here tonight. You don't have to live the way that I lived. You don't have to do the things that I was involved in. Amen. You may not be living your life right today, but I want to let you know that you don't have to hold on to all of those things that have been dragging you down. Whatever you walked into this sanctuary with today, God is here reaching for you right now. Amen. God is here with his love and his grace and his mercy. He's come into this place to heal you. He's come into this place to forgive you. He's come into this place to change us to help us walk away differently today. He doesn't want you to leave the way that you came in. He doesn't want you to do the things that you've been doing in your life. He doesn't want you to feel the way that you've been feeling, but he wants to do a deep work inside of you. He wants to heal you. He wants to change you. Wherever you are tonight, you are not too far from God that he cannot minister to you. Wherever you are tonight, no matter what you feel like you've done against him, you're not too far from him for him to come down and meet you where you are. You're not too far for his power to come down and change you today. Amen. Jesus died on that cross so that we can live. He was buried so that we can rise. Jesus allowed himself to be crucified and buried so that we can be set free. He doesn't want us to live the way that we are living. Can we stand tonight? Making it to heaven is the most important thing in our life. You need to do whatever you need to do to be ready to go to heaven. You need to get rid of anything and everything that is standing between you and God tonight. I want to encourage us today. Let's dig it all up tonight. Amen. Whatever it is that we've been putting upon ourselves, whatever dirt we've been allowing into our lives, whatever things we've been pouring upon ourselves today, whatever you're struggling with tonight, I want to let you know that you can dig it all up tonight. Let's not continue to bury ourselves underneath the weight of sin today. Let's not bury ourselves upon the underneath the weight of the things that are trying to bring us away from God tonight. Amen. But it's time to, to, to cry some tears of repentance today. Amen. It's time to cry some tears of forgiveness in this place tonight. I want to encourage you to pour everything that you have to God tonight and allow him to come down and heal your heart and heal your life. Amen. These altars are open to you today. Amen. I implore you to come down here tonight and lift up your hands to make some things right with the Lord today, to allow him to do the work that he wants to do inside of your life. I may not know what you need tonight. Amen. Your neighbor may not know what you need tonight, but God knows exactly what we need tonight. He knows everything that we're going through tonight. Amen. Don't let an opportunity pass you today to get some things right in your life. Every one of us here today are struggling with something. Amen. I encourage you to give it over to Jesus today. Amen. Give it over to him and let him do the work that he wants to do inside of us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we need you tonight, God. Jesus, set us free today, God. Lord, let a deep healing come into our heart today, Lord. Jesus, you know what we've been going through, Lord. Lord, you know what we've been running from today, God. Lord, you know what we've been trying to hide from you today, Lord. I pray, God, that we would reveal everything to you tonight, God. That we would have a moment in the Holy Ghost tonight, Jesus. God, where you're able to set us free from everything today, God. Lord, where you're able to make us a new creature today, Jesus. Lord, create in us a clean heart today, oh Lord. Renew a right spirit within us today, God. Lord, we confess every fault to you tonight, God. Lord, we ask that you come down and cleanse us today, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I may not have mentioned your exact struggle today, but whatever it is today, God is able and God is willing to do what you need him to do in your life right now. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give myself away.